My Love of Life Energy is a podcast created by Anna Scott. Anna knows that every human being sees life uniquely. In this podcast, she will talk to people and learn from them. These conversations are to shine the brilliance of each human being she speaks to. Join her. After each exploration, you will expand on your insights and see truth and beauty. Good morning and good afternoon and welcome to my podcast, My Love of Life Energy. And today I have the great honor of introducing my guest, Mary Nakamura. Neri is a cranial sacral therapist with a practice in Oakland and Sebastopol. She trained with both the Upledger Institute and the Biodynamics School and mixes both styles into her practice. Formerly Associate Professor of Japanese Literature at Westland University, Mary officially left her professorship in 2015 to pursue her calling the healing arts. She's the author of Monstrous Bodies, the, Ri- the Rise of the Uncanny of the Modern Japan, and, um, and has been captivated by the human anatomy since academic days. And with that, it is a great honor because you know what? I've gotten experience, Mary, and her genius. And with that, I'm so honored to speak to her today and bring her and hopefully share this to the world. So thank you, Mary, for being here. Thank you, Anna. It's an honor to be here. Thank you so much for all that you do. Oh, I love it. And thank you. I am so... um, so I, I found Mary because I was in my gene key path. They, Richard Rudd said, if you want to feel your energy in your body moving, go to a cranial sacrum therapist. And I found Mary, and I was so captivated by your bio, actually, that you had left the intellectual domain and came into the body. So can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. Um, I know it's sort of a crazy story because I was a professor for so many years, you know, it was just really in my left brain. But the healing arts, it's a path that when it calls, it calls really hard. And um, it was during my first sabbatical that I originally just decided to take a massage class for fun. And then somebody was talking about cranial sacral. So then I went to the Esalen Institute to take a cranial sacral class for the first time. And, you know, and I'm like writing my academic book on the side, of course, <laughs> doing my research. But then I had sort of a life-changing experience um, at the SLN Institute where I experienced my first emotional release mm-hmm. on the table. And I mean, I started crying. I didn't even know why I was crying. And it was when somebody was working on my throat um, on a particular bone called the hyoid. And then for 10 days after that, I was completely whole. Like I, I had zero anxiety, you know, which was something that plagued me my entire life. I was completely happy and super connected for the first time in my life. And this sensation lasted for about 10 days. And, and then, it, you know, goes away, like normal life catches up. But after that, I was really hooked. And that to me was the very first introduction to cranial sacral. And at the time, I thought something, some power had transferred to me from, you know, whoever was working on me. But now that I've been a cranial sacral therapist, you know, I realized that what happened in that moment is I got myself back. Because a cranial sacral session to me is all about returning 
to your pure, authentic self, the self, the being that was created, you know, at your embryonic stage, um, the being that's untainted by social conditioning or trauma or injuries or anything that happened to you. And mm -hmm. that's pretty much what happened to me. And then it took me years to still leave academia because I wanted to leave on my own terms. I wanted to get tenure, publish my book, leave something in that world because I'm, I am grateful for that world, you know, and what it gave me, right? Um, and so I wanted to do all of that and then leave when the time was right. And so the crazy story is I published my book, got tenure, I did all of it. And then the next year, I just said, thank you so much, but I'm going to resign. And I left my professorship to um, open first a massage practice out in Oakland in 2016. And then I slowly started to take cranial sacral therapy clients. And yeah, and then I switched completely over several years ago to cranial sacral. So for people who are listening and who don't know what cranial sacral is, would you explain <laughs> that please? Yeah, of course, yeah. So the basic paradigm of cranial sacral is that we use the client's own healing power and resources in order to help that person heal. So it's very different from allopathic medicine or sort of orthodox medicine, right? That kind of treats the symptoms with um, medications or, you know, surgery is what you, if we really use your own healing power. And how we do that is we tune into these rhythmic motions in your body. Um, and depending on which school of cranial sacral uh, you talk to, there are various sort of hypotheses about what creates these rhythmic motions. But the rhythmic motion really feels like an internal rotation of energy. Um, and then <clears throat> that comes from the midline of the body and then goes back in. So it's like, like an external rotation, internal rotation, and it's this rhythm right? And then there's also something called the tide. So it's, it's kind of watery uh, modality, if you will. But there's this natural rhythm in the body that should be there. Um, and we're really trying to return you to that mm -hmm. natural rhythm. Yeah. Um, and depending on, again, which school you talk to, this rhythm, one school says that it's created by the cerebral spinal fluid flow. So just as how you have like a pulse, your cardiac pulse that's tied to your blood flow, there's this cranial sacral rhythm that's tied to the flow of your cerebral spinal fluid. That's the scientific school, that's the up-leisure school. And then the biodynamic school really talks about um, these tides and these flows that exist as something that's tied to the source energy, if you will. Right. Um, yeah. And this is why I just I love the title of your podcast, Anna. And, you know, I've listened to many of your podcasts now. And when you said, you know, live of life energy, I was like, yeah, that's why I left academia. Right. It's because I discovered this connection to the source energy through this modality. Right. That kind of just led me here. So. so you and I are like I, I like I'm touching my heart as you're speaking because I can feel the resonance between us. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and um, for somebody who's listening and hopefully somebody will listen who doesn't know what life force energy is, but what do you understand that um, and why that resonated with you? Like, what do you understand that to be? 
Yeah. Um, for me, I am, I, I mean, I've experienced it. So, I mean, for me, like, if you asked me about this 10 years ago, you know, when I was a full-on academic, I would have been like, what? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. What are you talking about? Um, but I mean, many of my clients, too, you know, they're kind of wild sometimes when they feel it. But what happens that they um, <clears throat> oftentimes towards the end of a cranial cycle session um, is something that's called the long tide comes into the room. Long tide is a biodynamic cranial sacral term, and it's really the most direct expression of what uh, William Garner Sutherland, the father of um, cranial sacral osteopathy, called the breath of life. Um, mm -hmm. So, and I mean, let me just back up a little bit. There's so many terms. But um, for me, reality is just experiential. So when I started to experience this energy that comes into the room that does not feel like it's coming from the person's body Oops. it manifests it's like a it's a tide so it really comes into the room fills the entire room comes towards me through the midline of the client's body and the client will often feel it too and be like what what is that you know um if they're in tune right with their body sometimes they're just like oh i feel really good to, wow, I can feel that. What is that? Um, <laughs> it's a, what is that, right? That we don't know. Um, William Garner Sutherland, when he was creating cranial sacral, it was towards the latter half of his career that he experienced this as he was helping a man who was dying. Mm -hmm. And he experienced this mysterious thing. He said, oh my gosh, it like opened my heart. It like healed and that person who was dying was able to experience something extraordinary before he passed. And it was really helpful. Um, and now, you know, we have books, right, um, on biodynamic, biodynamic cranial sacral that talks about this phenomenon. Um, and the breath of life is life force. It's, it's, it goes by many names, right? Um, Sutherland was a spiritual man, so he named it breath of life. But in other traditions, we have prana, we have chi, right? Um, all these different names for this life force energy. So yeah, for me, it's like a, it's an everyday experience. Um, I'm not saying every client invites that in, but when that, I mean, it happens often enough, right? Like throughout the day that I'm like, okay, I don't know what it is. It's a mysterious thing. To me, it almost feels like shards of diamonds come. And they kind of cut into my skin, like not in a painful way, but it's really powerful. And it does open my heart. And it happens pretty much after what we call a holistic shift happens in that person's body, where that person's body kind of realigns itself and reorganizes in order for that, you know, life force rhythm and flow um, to be brought back to the body. Mm -hmm. So it, it sounds like it's like, um, how I would say it from my domain, yeah. my understanding is that when human beings, like we let go of all of our thinking mm -hmm. and I drop into the purity of me, then I begin to feel the purity of that energy. Yes. Like I, it's like, that's, that's one of the words I have for it right now. I, I mean, I think you're, you're right on it. 
because um, in the biodynamic cranial sacral position, we spend a lot of time just practicing being in stillness. And when I work with someone, um, I think I told you this before, but I'm pretty much like meditating almost on that person's body, but from a cranial sacral perspective. So I'm like really focused on my midline and being grounded to that energy below as well. Um, and then I just try to go to zero. You know, my mantra is I am zero so that I have zero thoughts in my body. And Franklin Sills, this really famous biodynamic cranial sacral teacher, um, you know, basically says that as a practitioner, our job is to recreate the womb. So when we have no thoughts and we, when we are just completely neutral, no judgment whatsoever, right? And that, that state that you were just mentioning, we're basically creating what he calls the womb of spirit. Right, we're taking you back to that embryonic, fetal, maternal state by just merely being present with you and touching you lightly. And I would say it, Mary. I would say it. Um, I would add to something. Yeah. Is because human beings, my experience, like it, it, what I've learned through the Gene Keys, is that like my mother's womb, I'm feeling her energy, and like my mother had a lot of trauma. Like she had young kids, blah, 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 blah. But you're, you're entering the state before thought, the purity yeah. of human beings, yeah, of pure life before any of the extra traumas or circumstances and overwhelm of life. Yeah. And having yeah. experienced you, like for the listeners, I went to Mary and I use Mary as um, if I do a ceremony or something with medicine, I go to be with Mary to help... <laughs> integrate my experience because of what I've what I've seen bigger in life or the consciousness expanding to anchor it in my body but your presence is so pure that it, there's no interference oh thank you thank does that you make so sense much. oh my gosh thank you I'm so glad that you can sense that and I just I you know again I just want to emphasize but that's also you because cranial sacral is really, it's still a communication, right? Between two beings, not two egos, two beings, like how we're the entire energetic body and everything, right? Um, and so it's really, and it is very much client-based, you know, like the paradigm is you're the healer. I'm just a practitioner who's like holding space. And my job by going to zero is to be your mirror. So if you're like, wow, you know, that's you. Like you're basically feeling you and your body is learning what your blueprint was like, right? Before, right? Before any <clears throat> human experience, what the blueprint looks like. And that's the beauty. I mean, that's where my, like, God, I am so honored that people trust me to do this for them. I mean, like my job in a way is simple. I'm just reflecting back, like, hi, Anna, here's you, remember you, you know, and all these clients who come in, they're like, oh, I have this headache, or, you know, I have this, you know, I've been dealing with cancer, or like, what, whatever that ailment might be, my job is to be like a sticky note, and be like, remember, you have all these resources and healing power in you, you just kind of forgot, mm -hmm. right, remember, and then they kind of get their, themselves back, 
And I'm so glad you bring in this like plant medicine journey. It's always such an honor to me when people come in for psychedelic integration because oftentimes their nervous system, maybe not you, but like the nervous systems do get dysregulated and, you know, they're still kind of in it. Um, and cranial sacral just really, it's like a soul retrieval journey sometimes, right? Like a good session. And it just kind of pieces you back together by the end. Hopefully that's what happens. Not all the time. <laughs> but, so there's um, something you just said that um, like the sticky note, I, I think um, this is where I think we're similar but I just heard it in such a profound way is that it's like the ultimate remembering is do you remember that you're a divine being? It's so true. And I don't know what I'm saying. And I, I, I um, it's not to, it's like, like we can remember that we have all this health and well-being that's designed, but there's something even before that, that when you dropped into that space that I felt, mm. like to remember who we are. Yeah. You, and that we're totally connected. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Say more about we're, that. I mean, we are so connected. There's, um, I have no doubt in my mind anymore right after years of doing this practice that there is something a larger force basically outside of us this life energy that exists in in nature all the time we're just we just don't have access to be connected to that anymore right as we were when we were in the embryonic stage and we had nothing to worry about right and i feel like so many of us you know like in this modern society, we were just constantly running around. That, that was my life as an academic. I was just constantly stressed out and super disconnected. And then I got, right, this like slap in the face from the universe, right, during my cranial sacral class, like wake up, like remember, like this is who you are, remember? You got to get back to this. And my journey since 2010 when that happened has been to just be like, okay, let's get back to that state. Um, Cause that was me completely whole and yeah, you want to call that. Yeah. I mean, again, you know, the breath of life, it's the other term, you know, that people use is the divine, the universe, right? It goes by many names. So whatever fits into your belief system, that's really it. It's the return to that, right? Um, and getting our entire being back. Yeah, what I'm feeling is it's not that I get back, is that I remember that state. Mm. I don't have to get back to it. Mm -hmm. But what I'm feeling with you in this conversation right now is I'm remembering that state. Yeah. My body's remembering it. Yeah. It's all right, I think, you know, to remember that. I think that's where life is going. Mm -hmm. It wants us to remember the state. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I am just truly honored to that this path really kind of came to me <laughs> like so clearly. And, you know, 
leaving academia was really hard. Um, but it was like time, I think, for me to go my own healing journey. And that's why it called. So can I ask you something? And this is kind of a segue, but I, I'm really curious because I work with a lot of people in career transitions or work with people oh. on career. Like that's how they come to me for some reason. Yeah. That's the, that's the doorway. That's your gift. <laughs> and then I go, oh, do you remember who you are? But what gave you the courage, like, like to go, you changed, you went into a different universe. You went from one universe to another, at least as, and what allowed you to do that? Well, I think for me, the final push, and it was really scary, by the way, um, it really came from my body and my body's own language. So 2010 is when I had that emotional release. And I really, I mean, I felt like I was on medicine for 10 days. That's basically what happened. Um, and then I just started to get these hints. Like I had dreams about me becoming ill if I stayed in academia and that I was going to die of colon cancer like my father. It was like really clear dreams. <clears throat> and then... I basically started to have physical ailments um, right after going back to Wesleyan after my first sabbatical, I got like singles and things. And the doctor was like, wow, if that had appeared just like an inch closer to your spine, you could have died, you know? And it was all stress, right? It's like the stress of work, stress of this like 24 seven job was killing me. And I just got to the point where I said, okay, my body is clearly telling me that I cannot stay in this field unless, you know, like, unless I want to die young. And then I got to this point in 2015, I went on sabbatical. I taught my last class for Westland, which was a film class in Kyoto. And I got to say bye to my motherland, Japan, you know, and I kind of felt like this is a good end. I was still scared to sign off the resignation letter. Um, but it just felt like the right moment. And I said, okay, I'm gonna take the leap. And Wesleyan was very kind. They said, you know, we'll give you six months to rethink your decision. So just try that out for six months, see how you feel. And at the end of six months, I, I felt like I had made the right decision that I quit. So yeah, so that was it. And it took me, you know, I'll say a couple years of transition to be like, okay, I hope I made the right decision. It was really scary for two years, but I got into meditation at the same time. And again, had these incredible experiences where I felt the source energy come directly into my body. And I said, okay, this is where I have to be. This is what I need to practice being. Mm. You know, to be that aware of it and to listen to your body, to that knowing. Like they talk about our body knows. Oh yeah. It does not lie. It really doesn't. It's the place of truth. Mm. And why do you love what you do? Well, I think it's really sacred work, honestly. And I love it because it also helps me heal too. You know, it's a mutual journey on the table. And when I have that right person, I mean, some of the pains that I have in my body 
will go away. And then when that person comes off the table and just looks radiant, you know, and they're like, wow, that was amazing. And, you know, let's continue this journey. I feel like as a people person, there's such a deep communication, right? That happens on the table more than what I can ever express verbally because it's a communication that's happening at the subliminal level. And we heal each other. We are so interconnected. It is the deepest human connection that I can ever hope to attain in this lifetime. So I've been um, blessed to have, I don't know, just a couple sessions with you and just fell so madly in love with your presence. Like just, thank you. And what you're speaking to, Richard Rudd has a gene key, I think it's the 59th gene key, and it's about intimacy. And he talks about that, that our auras speak to each other, our bodies speak to each other and transfer information back and forth at a higher level that we don't understand. Mm-hmm. And that when I'm with you, and what I feel with you is that's what happens when we're being that present with each other is what you just described. Mm-hmm. You know, that's amazing. Feel that work happening. Wow, I'm I'm honored that you said that. I, I guess I'll also just add that I feel like this work basically forces me to bring out whatever the best part of me is. You know, I feel like I get to express myself fully with everybody on the table. And each experience is different. Like I said, how much healing happens on the table is up to you. You know, it's, it's about you and your own healing journey. If you're not ready to let go of things, it's not going to happen. But every time, you know, like gradually I see people go deeper and deeper. And that, that's a beautiful thing to witness. Mm. I, um, I, I just, I can feel my, um, the remembering of the blueprint or the remembering of my divinity, mm-hmm. like the essence of who I am mm-hmm. before all the cultural thinking like that. It's so beautiful to consider that. And then to live life from that uh, that memory, from that truth. Yeah. Mary, we're actually, I can't believe this. This is the fastest I one I think I've ever done. We're coming to the end. <laughs> And I, I don't want you to be so full because I always want my my slots with you. <laughs> uh, but I also want people, I want people to find this work and I want them to find you oh. and find that resonates. I remember when I found you, like there was a resonance. And after one time, I'm like, oh yeah, I found my person. Mm. You know, the thank you. The harmonic. So how do people find you? Where do they well, I am <laughs> I am pretty booked up in Oakland, um, but I just opened my Sebastopol office. So you can just go to my website, www.ritualbodytherapy.com and book me in Sebastopol. If you're in Oakland area and you want to try to get on my schedule, you can always email me 
Um, I think I'm, I tend to be fairly booked up, but you know, I am a firm believer that if you're meant to end up on my table, you end up on my table. That's really what happens. People will cancel sometimes last minute and somebody else had just requested the day before. Weird things like that happen all the time. So I'm pretty confident that whoever is supposed to be my match, and there is a therapist client match, you know, I can't guarantee anything that's going to happen, but you will end up where you're, wherever you're supposed to end up. That's beautiful. It's a, it's an honor to speak with you and have you. And thank you for taking this time. Likewise. Thank you so much, Anna. So much love. Thank you.